Section 5 of Biographical Memoir of John Wesley Powell, 1834-1902, to by William Morris Davis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Geological Survey of the Territories Powell returned to Utah and Arizona in 1870 and explored the plateaus north of the canyon. A good account of this trip is given in Chapter 9 of The Report on the Colorado River of the West. In 1871, he again made a boat trip on The River. In 1874 and 75, he worked chiefly in eastern Utah. Of these three campaigns, there is unfortunately no narrative by Powell but many of the results are summarized in a remarkable report on the geology of the eastern part of the Uinta Mountains, 1876, published as the work of the second division of the U.S. Geological and Geographical Survey of the Territories, of which he was then geologist in charge. His later western journeys, as well as those of the summers of 1872 and 1873, were chiefly occupied with ethnological studies, of which brief accounts are given in Congressional and Smithsonian reports. Powell prepared no other important geological volumes. The great impression that he made on American geology must be credited, apart from his later work as an administrator, to the two reports on the Colorado River and the Uinta Mountains. The popular book on the Canyons of the Colorado Meadville, Pennsylvania, 1895, was prepared more than 20 years after the event and looks more like a publisher's than an author's venture. Several chapters on the native tribes were here included, but the whole appears to have been hastily put together with too many pictures little related to the text. Report on the Colorado Canyon Of the two reports, the earlier one on the Colorado is the more important. It is certainly one of the most famous books of exploration published in this country. It is unusually well illustrated, partly with woodcuts from photographs, partly with schematic drawings by Holmes, in some of which a foreground section showing geological structure and a perspective view showing surface form were admirably combined in the style of block diagrams. Powell himself seems to have had no graphic skill, and perhaps for that reason permitted the publication of certain exaggerated pictures, such as that of Horseshoe Canyon, opposite on page 162, drawn by Moran in a misleadingly realistic fashion, and of a seriously incorrect picture, opposite page 212, probably drawn from verbal description, of the double unconformity at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, the interpretation of which has puzzled more than one reader, all the more because the excellence of the other illustrations gave reason for thinking that this one also must be trustworthy. The double unconformity is, however, correctly drawn in a geological section of the Uinta Mountains Report, page 43. Along with the other exploring geologists of that time, Powell enjoyed the inspiring opportunity of working in a new and extraordinary field where the problems were impressive in magnitude, yet relatively elementary in structure, and all plainly disclosed under the denuding influence of a dry climate. 
facts which nature elsewhere held as her secrets were there openly proclaimed in imposing grandeur great series of deposits followed in orderly attitude in almost unbroken sequence deposition and denudation were measured in tens of thousands of feet unconformities were superbly exhibited deformation had not gone so far as to produce almost unsolvable complications but had sufficed to cause great faults and flexures of simple pattern and also to displace huge crustal blocks with only marginal disturbance so that the structures of this kind in the plateau province first clearly set forth by powell became types for the world the work demanded in detecting the geological history of the region was utterly unlike the detailed and technical investigation given year after year by european observers to the overthrusts of the highlands and the closed folds of the uplands of scotland or to the overturns of the alps minute studies were not called for in the plateau country conclusions were reached rapidly and large concepts were strongly impressed on the observer it was therefore but natural that powell's pathfinding geological work should be treated in a style and on a scale prompted by the simplicity and the magnitude of the great structural units with which he had to deal powell used fossils only as guides to the dates of stratified formations not as a means of making out past forms of life his volcanic studies were free from complicated nomenclature guiltless of petrographical technique and without bearing on the classification of igneous rocks a subject that was then taking modern shape he briefly saw and named the henry mountains during his canyon trip in eighteen sixty nine and described them as composed of eruptive rocks in part which had been poured out through some fissures here and spread over the country before it had been eroded to its present depth colorado river page 177 but his curiosity must have been aroused as to what he did not see for a few years later he had a special study made there by gilbert whose famous report on the henry mountains was thus brought forth powell's inattention to the complex structures of crystalline rocks was shown by his usually giving the schists of the fundamental complex at the bottom of the colorado canyon the popular name of granite he attended relatively little to the conditions under which ancient stratified deposits were accumulated and probably on this account did not free himself of the prepossessions regarding the lacustrine origin of the freshwater tertiaries and did not offer any explanation of the extraordinary cross-bedding of the white cliffs sandstone but regarding larger structures he developed broad and bold generalizations that followed immediately from field observation and geological common sense illumined by a free and lively imagination he evidently enjoyed the systematization of his results and repeatedly reduced them to compact schematic form from which irrelevant details and unknown local names were withheld, greatly to the advantage of his readers. His arguments were usually stated in a simple manner, free from technicalities, and his results were phrased in form for popular understanding. 
he was fully persuaded that his opinions were correct, and not infrequently stated them in the positive form of inevitable conclusions, as most of them still seem to be. They carried conviction and are now accepted on nearly all points. Powell's unconscious style was simple and direct, as in the extract given above describing the end of his passage through the Colorado Canyon, or again in the famous paragraph cited below regarding the origin of the Green River Canyon through the Uinta Mountains. On account of the loss of his right arm, he had to employ an amanuensis, and therefore acquired the time-saving capacity of dictating. His reports are astonishingly free from the prolixity that too often accompanies his method of composition, but they occasionally bear marks of insufficient revision in the retention of impromptu inventions like out-thinnings and in the use of certain words that might, to advantage, be replaced by others. It was perhaps not unnatural that his phraseology sometimes became exalted, as in the peroration of the Colorado River volume, where, as if recalling the excitement of the canyon journey, he wrote like an exuberant impressionist, quote, Then again the restless sea retired, and the golden, purple, and black hosts of heaven made missiles of their own misty bodies, balls of hail, flakes of snow, and drops of rain, and when the storm of war came, the new rocks fled to the sea. End quote. Page 214. One of the most marked characteristics of Powell's reports is their freedom from citations of other authors. This was natural enough as far as the description of local features are concerned, for in the regions that he explored, he had few geological predecessors, and to those he gives full credit. His citations from the reports of the lamented Marvine are most generous, but in the statement of general schemes of mountain and volcanic structures and of stream and valley classification, the case is different. These subjects had been studied in Europe also, and the failure to give due credit to the work of foreign geologists in our survey reports brought upon us a certain measure of discredit abroad. The reason for inattention to European studies evidently was that our geological frontiersmen found enough in the West to make up the whole of their science, and besides, they did not read French and German, and they were so overwhelmed with work that they had no time to spend in looking up prior statements of their newly perceived principles. So they overlooked foreign work in a continent-wide spirit of North American provincialism. End of section 5.